0: Well, a boy's best friend is his mother. Uh-huh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rabbit Weasel Podcast. This is episode number 20. We are doing Psycho, if you couldn't tell from that quote. I'm Jared. I'm your host. I'm here with my brother, Justin. Justin, how are you doing today?
1: I'm pretty good, man. Pretty excited to talk about Psycho. And um, by the way, you know, one other thing has changed since we were last recording which is the new godzilla movie is is out which is really exciting and um so i'm
0: glad that it's out and we got to watch it yeah yeah that was actually part of the reason why i was um well i had to postpone one day i had to move that day and i had to go see uh godzilla versus kong so i was like yeah this is not gonna work this day guys sorry my mom
1: watched it in georgia it was uh it was a fun experience streaming
0: it on hbo max not quite as nice as watching it in theater but it's quite nice Mm. and we're also here with my sister-in-law mia mia how are you
2: i'm good i also watched the movie i watched it at home and it was i felt different than than the one that we the older one that we saw
0: do do we just want to uh stop and go ahead and do Godzilla versus Kong instead (laughs) (laughs) I felt that's um yeah we I wish we maybe we have time we can cover that movie um I saw it too it was fun I got a little little action figures that came with my ticket oh
2: that's
0: awesome yeah and I got a poster that somehow disappeared I don't know but anyways so (laughs) today we're talking about Psycho um this is episode number 20, like I said. So that's kind of crazy. Wow.
1: Two, yeah. We can almost drink now as a team. collectively. Yeah,
0: yeah. one more year. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends on what country we're in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're in America where it's kind of crazy. Anyways, Psycho 1960 by Alfred Hitchcock. Everybody, I've had a little bit of a, a cold these last couple of weeks. So sorry if my voice is a little off or cracks a little bit, but I'll do the best I can. Uh, but Psycho was released in 1960 by Alfred Hitchcock, usually listed as one of the greatest directors of all time. It was based off the novel by Robert Block that had come out just a year before. So very quickly, they got this, this story and turned it around. And this is one of the most famous horror movies of all time and most critically praised. It actually has an 8.5 on IMDb, which I know most people use Rotten Tomatoes. I still use IMDb, but that's crazy. That makes it the highest ranked horror movie of all time on that website. Number one. Uh, I don't know if number one is really right, but it just shows you how um, highly regarded the film is. It's, of course, been a hugely influential film. Some people even call it the first slasher movie coming out in 1960 that's you know 20 years before slashers really took off i don't know if either one of you want
1: to comment slasher, on that slasher film i don't know don't want to give the thought away
0: just yet but um
1: slasher films have like lots and lots of deaths usually Yeah. <laughs> this movie only Not has all. i mean how many people died in the original halloween i remember thinking it was more than it really
0: was when we we're going back through it
2: really yeah think term for the knife right
0: hmm yeah, you have the knife, you have, I mean, there are, there's a lot of things. I, I can see where some of the stuff is, some of the uh, elements are there, like, um, well, yeah, without getting into too much spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie, people, stop listening to this and go watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Don't let us ruin it for you. But, um, you know, I always want to encourage people, let's, let's go see the movies before you listen to the podcast but yeah, I, I don't really see this. I don't consider it the first slasher movie. To me, the first slasher movie is, well, that's debatable, of course. I consider it Black Christmas. I think we've talked about this before. But uh, some of the elements are there. I mean, this movie, for one, the movie really did turn up the violence, the disturbing content, sexual stuff going on there. So I see where people get it, but um, I don't call it a slasher movie. Um but anyways, this was Mia's pick, actually. So Mia, why did you pick Psycho?
2: So when I was in sixth grade, I was exposed to Alfred Hitchcock by my English teacher. And my first Alfred Hitchcock movie that I saw was Rear Window. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really mm-hmm. well done. Uh, I, I, I mean, I still remember it to this day. Jimmy so, Stewart. you know, that yeah, Jimmy Stewart. So, you know, that was pretty amazing. And I, I re- as we were looking for movies to pick, I I really wanted to pick an Alfred Hitchcock film. That, and I have not, I've seen The Birds and I've seen A Rear Window, but I had not seen Psycho. And it's one of the most like, you know, really regarded like good horror movies, especially like a classic, really. And mm-hmm. I wanted to check it out.
0: So this was the first time you've seen Psycho? Yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you know, it's weird because Alfred Hitchcock, um, we could talk about him for a long time. This was really, he really only did two horror movies, depending on how you define a horror movie. There was this and the birds, which we'll have to get to the birds at some point. Hitchcock had a thing for birds, as we'll see later in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of more like suspense movies. Have you guys seen Rope? Mm-mm rope was i got it pulled up right here 1948 the whole movie is supposed to be like one shot the two guys have committed a murder and they throw a uh they throw a party with the body hidden to see if um just for the excitement of seeing if they'll get caught anyways mm-hmm. hitchcock was a a genius and at this point he had already been making movies for decades i didn't re- i forget how long from the 20s he was making silent movies really you know? wow yeah, so- Hitchcock had been along um, around for a long time and he was already a highly regarded, you know, master of the genre. But so it was your pick, your first time watching the movie. What did you think?
2: It did not disappoint.
0: Yeah.
2: I really like this movie. It's really great. Um, the suspense is a really great buildup, you know, because sometimes movies you can like foresee what's really going on. And in this movie, it was like if you didn't know the surprise at the end, then you weren't going to know as you were going through the movie. And the music was like really great.
0: Man, the music is so good. And I wanted to ask you, Mia, did you know the twists that happen in this movie? Was that already spoiled for you?
2: Yes. yes
0: oh, so. okay. I would love to talk to somebody who didn't know what was going to happen in this movie and experiences it for the first time. Uh, they. Yes.
2: Oh, have seen it, and she was like, "Who is it? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this?" And I was like, well, "Wait till you find out!"
0: Yeah, oh, that's awesome. All right, so it's great when the, great, when the great movies live
1: up to hype. Sometimes yeah. they don't because yeah. you know it's in the frame you got it in, but this one's
0: really good. All right, Mia. So, is it the greatest horror movie ever?
2: for me now
0: yeah i don't think so i don't think so (laughs) i i i think it's a great movie but the greatest horror movie ever Mm, i think it's a little bit overdoing it but yeah i might put rosemary's baby actually that you'd put rosemary's baby above this one i think so i i could see that that one's more psychological um you're over well first off justin you had you seen this movie before I don't think
1: I had sat down and watched it um, before I knew of some of the classic scenes, um, but I don't ever recall watching it. So as far as I know, uh, I had not seen it before. I knew that the Bates motel was a reference and I knew that she dies in the shower, Um, Mm -hmm. but those were the extent of things I knew. I didn't, actually know about uh you know uh, Norman Bates condition uh with his mother Oh wow and wow so I uh I think maybe we had talked about it so I don't think I was completely caught off guard but yeah I I do not ever remember watching it before
0: Huh So did you like it
1: Yeah I think um again make, saying it's the best movie best horror movie ever um is just just a hard hard ask of a movie but I think when particularly when you think about it, it's 1960, it's it's terrifying. And it plays up suspense well, it pay it plays up horror. It's, I mean, as Mia was saying, the music, I mean, one thing we were watching it again today, the music when she's kind of at the beginning, um, and then throughout, uh, but it's really intense and suspenseful and there are like some things you don't see coming, and um, it's it's terrifying and it's brutal without being like uh, kind of overly done. it It feels too real, I guess. There are moments that uh, involve with Norman Bates where I'm like, oh, that's exactly how that would play out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like any of that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's really well done. And then it's Hitchcock, so I mean the lighting is great. The angles are great. There's a pretty badass death scene that we were talking about early that just kind of goes on and on and on. And on. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I found it frightening and watching it a second time. We watched it about a month ago and then rewatched it today. Um, even remembering what all the major pieces were that were going to happen. I thought it was pretty frightening again. Yeah. So it's really good. I think. How long had it been since you had seen it and um, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, so before I get into my thoughts, I, I also want to talk about this movie. Um, you can divide, this is a black and white movie, in case anyone doesn't know, which to some people that's a deal breaker. I think that's unfortunate. Some people divide the horror genre into the classic era and the modern era with Psycho being the turning point. Um, I could kind of see that. Sometimes I think uh, Night of the Living Dead is really the turning point, but somewhere in the 60s, you know, things changed to what we think of as a modern horror movie. But I could see it with Psycho because, well, it's a lot more psychological, for one, a lot more intense. It feels a lot more modern, even even though it's, um, you know, some of the stuff in the 50s or the 40s, right? But my thoughts on this film mm, yeah, it's great. I can't remember when I first watched it. I must have been pretty young and then i watched the movie again in college because being in film school of course we had to talk about psycho (laughs) and then it had been a long time since i watched it again but yeah watching it again it had been probably since college but it was great i really enjoyed it so let's get into the plot of the movie it starts off with marion okay well right away we have to stop and talk about marion this is we're talking about it beforehand you guys didn't know um well, Justin didn't know me. I don't know if you knew this is Janet lay and she is the mother of Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween. Do you guys know that? No, I
2: did not
0: know that. That's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. So running the, running the family. Yeah. You know, Janet lay was considered in some ways the first, uh, screen queen. And then Jamie Lee Curtis became the main star of what some people consider the first slasher movie. Of course we can debate about that, but, um, So Marion, she was in a hotel with Sam, and for a 1960 mainstream movie, this is pretty spicy stuff, I guess, you know, she's like wearing her bra, you know, uh, he's shirtless, there's a lot of kissing and touching, it's very passionate, but they're discussing their relationship, so she wants to get married, and I think he wants to get married too, but he's poor, and he can't afford it, he's like, eh, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't have the money to marry you right now. But Marion goes back to work where we have one of the more interesting – there's a lot of great characters in this movie. But we have Mr. Cassidy, the like, I don't know, sleazy millionaire guy with like a cowboy hat. He's very entertaining. So he comes in with $40,000 in cash. Now he walks in with today's equivalent of $350,000 in cash. So a lot of money he just brings in. Yeah. So, like I said, I like this character he's he's really sleazy and he's kind of like flirty with Marion he's like showing he like pulls out his money and he's like showing it to everybody and talking about it and there's a great line where when he's showing off the money, Marion's coworker says, "I declare," and he goes, "I don't that's why I get to keep it <laughs> <laughs>
1: and there's some nice yeah. interactions between him and the the man who owns or the bank the Real estate agent or whatever, wherever the places that she works, and then her and uh, her and her coworker as well. She's like, uh, I guess she would not I guess he wasn't flirting with me because he saw my uh, wedding ring. Uh, oh yeah, like back and forth. And then he's like the cowboy swashbuckling kind of guy is like trying to, I guess, throw their boss under the bus a little bit by pointing out the special liquor. <laughs> oh Um, yeah he has hidden in his office uh so yeah it's a pretty i think it's a pretty kind of well done introduction to the characters yeah Yeah, it's just fun interactions yeah yeah yeah, it is weird that his office is the only one with the ac uh, (laughs) this is the 1960s Um only the only the boss not not the secretaries
0: gotta draw the line somewhere yeah this guy's definitely very arrogant he's just flat out like like, hey, there's some liquor in your boss's room. Oops, I guess I wasn't supposed to say that. And <laughs> when she asked to take the day off, he tells he says she can for the boss. <laughs> yeah. Marion is asked to take the money to the bank, and she says she's not feeling well. It's Friday. Uh, after she takes the money to the bank, can she just go on home for the rest of the weekend? She goes home, and she puts the money in her bag, packs up her stuff, and drives away with the money. So she's stealing it. She's stealing what is today's equivalent of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You do a lot with three hundred and fifty thousand dollars just in cold hard cash for the record. (laughs) Yeah, I mean to be fair, you should never just hand someone that much money. I might would steal the money if I had that (laughs) just pack up my stuff and leave. That's a lot, a lot of hours of work. On the way. Oh, first of all, she sees her boss. Kind of a coincidence there. While she's trying to drive away, her boss sees her in the car and he's suspicious because I thought you were going home because you didn't feel well. <laughs> she, she pulls over.
1: In her head, too, of like, it's a nice kind of piece to it that plays out like she hears the people as she imagines them talking about her uh, as yeah. she's leaving town, which is a nice, it's it's a well done effect in the movie.
0: Yeah, I was we're about to get to that. But um, before we get to that, She goes to sleep on the side of the road, I guess, and she's woken up by a police officer,
2: Mm, which the
0: police officer, I mean, he doesn't really have much impact on the movie, but there's a lot of good, I guess, tension building with the police officer because Marion is a terrible liar. Uh, she is super suspicious from the beginning. The cop just wants to know, like, hey, is everything okay? You're sleeping on the side of the road. And she acts so suspicious.
2: Um, to turn the car on and take off. Yeah.
0: She's like, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Hi, old cop.
0: Yeah, that, that that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, that's the first thing she does. She just cranks the car <laughs> and starts to drive. He's like, hey, hold on a second. It's like, what? I haven't broken any laws. I was just tired. I wanted to take a nap. <laughs> um, and he flat out tells her, you're, you're acting weird. But finally, he lets her go, and she drives. So with the cop following her, she drives to a car salesman and trades in her car (laughs) with the cop just sitting there the whole time watching her. And again, she is acting so weird. She even makes the uh, car salesman nervous. She takes the first offer he makes and drives away. Yeah, pays in cash, $700. So yeah, there's there's some great stuff here. Like, Justin, you started to say – Uh, pretty well-known part is as she's driving, the camera is like closed in on her uh, her face and we're hearing dialogue of all the other characters around her talking about her. And it's never really clear, you know, is this just, is this actually what they're saying or is it just kind of like what she's imagining is being said about her, right? Well,
1: the thing that made me think it was her imagining is sometimes her facial reaction seemed to match with the, th- with like the voices. Mm. I guess she kind of like responds a little bit to while she's driving. It, it, anyways, it, that's what it looked like to me. So my thought was it was uh, her imagining what they're saying. Although then it kind of it plays out as she imagined some
0: later. But um, yeah, that was that was, yeah. that was my thought take on that. Yeah, you can just tell that she's kind of a normal lady, and this is the first time she's probably done something wild like this, and so she's kind of narrating in her head the mm-hmm. the insanity that she's, create, um, she's caused. Anyways, it becomes a dark and stormy night, so she has to pull into the Bates Motel, one of the most famous settings in horror movie history, and she is checked in by Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Let's stop and talk about Norman for a minute. Um, first of all, he is played by Anthony Perkins, who I think contributes a lot to this movie uh of course alfred hitchcock gets all the praise but um i think perkins does a great job acting in this movie
1: yeah i mean he at first comes across as kind of a affable you know late 20s early 30s clean cut character trying to be helpful and friendly Maybe just a touch of over-friendliness at first.
2: Awkwardness.
1: A little bit of awkwardness, yeah. But uh, mostly harmless seeming
0: (laughs) for a few moments anyways. At first, yeah. So that's Norman Bates. He's very important in this movie. He seems kind of, yeah, like you said, um, friendly, kind of charming in an awkward way, you know? Like maybe someone who tries a little too hard, but it's okay. The hotel doesn't have much business at all. So he invites her over to have dinner with him.
1: 12 vacancies, what is this? 12 cabins, 12 vacancies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, as he's preparing dinner, this is kind of a weird moment because Marion overhears him arguing with his mother, but in her room from a house next door, I don't know. It seems kind of difficult. Like how loud were they yelling? Um but anyways, he's being yelled at by his mother, who's refusing to allow her to come over, basically accusing him of having dirty intentions. You know, you're not going to bring some woman into my house. Whatever. So instead, he brings the food over to her and they eat in the office, which is filled with... What is the house, his office, filled with, Mia?
1: Stuffed
2: dead animals. What, are they, what is it? Um,
0: taxidermy. Taxidermy. You're, you're birds. birds,
2: especially crows
0: and like some owls. kind of owl. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah Hitchcock had a thing with birds uh, obviously he made a whole movie called the birds but um,
1: yeah they're well positioned in several te- scenes where like he's talking and like he kind of like shares the screen with the bird it's like the bird is like the immediate thing in the background or right next to him it's like visually really kind of
0: well done and another thing is he's very bird like in some ways like the way he's always eating that that candy or snack he's always chewing on—it's kind of bird-like, you know, and like a pigeon. He goes,
2: "You eat like a bird." Yeah. Guess not as much
0: as was eating her sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah it's which inception about birds—they actually eat a lot, or something uh, like that. I don't think I, I guess that was a common phrase at some point. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that, but. <laughs>
1: God,
0: yes. <That's> very <laughs> I've heard common it too, yeah. <laughs> phrase
2: used at my house.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. There you go. <laughs> But anyways, Norman's hobby is taxidermy. He's not a scientist. He's not uh, like that. That's just, he just takes dead animals and stuffs them and puts them in his house. So Everybody needs hobbies. As yeah. That's how he puts it. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what she says. I guess she says, everybody needs a hobby. And then he says um, something about it not being a hobby, but it being something he does all the time. Like a hobby supposed to help you pass the time or
0: something like that. Yeah, basically, he's getting the point across that he's kind of a lonely, isolated person, you know, in this motel that doesn't do much business. But anyways, as they talk, we get to know Norman better and we learn a lot of the backstory at the hotel and his relationship with his mother. Norman kind of portrays her as mentally ill, like maybe she has a little bit of dementia or something. It's never stated explicitly, but she's she's verbally abusive to him, as we've already seen. But he also says that she's harmless and uh, very dependent on him. So, you know, you got a lonely guy kind of trapped in this motel, taking care of his mother. He explains that his father died when he was young and on and on and on the whole backstory. But this scene is great because I think, Justin, as you mentioned earlier, we're starting to see him waver between like the awkwardly charming guy and maybe a little
1: crazy, you know, maybe a bit psycho <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, uh,
0: yes yes <clears throat> i intentionally avoided that word but yes justin <laughs> out, <that> connection. <laughs> but we're starting to see some of the freudian parts of this movie now usually i'm kind of against freudian interpretations of movies possibly just because i had so much of that garbage in you know in film school where everything was Freudian and it was usually nonsense, but in this movie, it's definitely very Freudian. (laughs) Like the quote I said at the beginning of the movie, at this point, he's talking about his mother a lot. And he says, a boy's best friend is his mother. uh, When asked if he has any friends. And uh, we're we're talking about how his mom had a, uh, a man and he died, which kind of drove her crazy or impacted her a lot. And she says something like, Oh, well now she just has you. And he says, even the weirder line a boy a son is a poor substitute for a lover yeah a lot of weird stuff here you can read into moving along Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) after so she goes back to her room in case you weren't already figuring out that Norman is maybe not a great guy we have some voyeurism here Mm -hmm. Justin you remember what he does next when she goes to her room yeah, I mean, he has a painting on the wall that he takes
1: down, and he has a hole drilled through the wall where he can see directly into her bathroom. And yeah. So he watches as she does some undressing.
0: Yeah, he just flat out has a hole in the wall Um yeah. that he used to stare at guests. Very creepy. Mm-hmm. No, no, um, no. It reminds me of a little bit of... um They did something similar in The Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Where they realize there's like a see-through picture or something. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to cover that at some point. It's on the yeah. schedule. Uh, but yeah, so voyeurism and all this stuff, all these themes that are going on here. But now we're 45 minutes into this movie. And we get to the famous shower scene. Probably the most famous part of this whole movie. Um, the shower scene always really sticks to people. So she goes to take a shower. Now, wait, one thing we should mention here is that from talking to him... She has decided that she is going to, she has made a mistake and she's going to undo it. So she's basically said, okay, I'm going to just take this money back. I'm going to give it back, apologize, and try and undo this thing. So she goes to take a shower and we see a figure move behind the curtain before pulling it back. And Mia, you want to take on the shower scene?
2: Yeah, she gets stabbed several times I'm sorry slash (laughs) several times and she's struggling trying to defend herself and and she do you you can see that it's it's the mom right
0: Mm, so you kind of see uh yes um you just see an outline like kind of a shadowy outline of of her Mm -hmm. you don't get a great look at her and it's short but you do see you know sort of like a dress and the haircut and so she gets stabbed repeatedly now let's talk about what makes this scene work. I have a lot of ideas. Justin, did, did you like the scene or do you have any reason, any thoughts on why you think it's so famous?
1: Uh, no. Um, I mean, I, I like it and there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of different elements of it. Um, but I mean, there's the, the way the lighting plays out with the curtain, how vulnerable she is, the way that like, I mean, some of the like different angles, I would think highlight how like reinforcing the vulnerability, but no, it's really well done just as like a viewer, but I wouldn't have good insights into why it's the most uh, famous piece of it. So what do you, what insights do you have former
0: film student? (laughs) Well, there's a lot going on here. Um, For one, Alfred Hitchcock talked about how this shower scene is supposed to be her I mean, like a little, uh, a very obvious metaphor of her becoming clean of her sin of committing a crime. She has just decided that she's going to, she's actually repenting, right? And she's going to undo what she's done. She goes and takes the shower and she's literally washing herself clean. And she has like this weird smile on her face. So it's a very positive kind of scene. And then suddenly you just see a shadow outside um, the curtain. And it's very, very creepy, you want to get a very brief glimpse at it. But there's several things that work here. For one, the music, you know, that ee, 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 one of the most famous sound bits in horror movie history. Two is the editing. It's so so fast-paced. I mean, it's edited kind of like a modern action movie right here. And there's actually, there are 78 shots in 52 seconds. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It's crazy.
1: I really hurried. I hadn't thought about how they might achieve that effect, but it does kind of just fly at you. I mean, in kind of a whir and is mm-hmm. overwhelming.
0: It's interesting because this kind of reminds me of Texas chainsaw massacre and that this scene always leaves people thinking they've seen something that they haven't. There's no gore. You never see a knife going into skin. There's no even cutting. Although we do see a little blood in the shower. Really. If you slow this down and watch it slowly, you're just seeing like a knife being moved. And near skin but yeah i mean it's just it's just masterful film editing with good sound basically and it tricks you and thinking you're seeing someone just horribly stabbed so there's also an interesting edit where when she falls down dead in the shower so she's stabbed and then we assume as norman bates mother goes away and just leaves her there We watched kind of the blood flow into the shower drain and zooms in on the hole that is the shower drain and then that dissolves to her open dead eye. I don't know, Mm kind of creepy artsy moment. So there's one other thing before we get into what happens next. This was a huge twist for the time because the main character of the movie, a famous star, is just dead less than halfway through the movie. People are like, what the hell? (laughs) You don't expect the main character to die. The main character always survives and, you know wins in the end this movie halfway through she's just dead and you don't know what's gonna happen next but norman the next thing we hear after we realize that she is definitely dead um we hear norman shouting to his mother about blood <laughs> blood and then he runs into her room marion's room and finds her dead in the shower now norman has the job of cleaning up after his mother's murder <laughs> and i didn't realize how long this scene drags on for like 10 or 15 minutes, it's just him cleaning up a murder scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really dark, I think. Um,
1: And a, a, I was saying to me, just a touch of, a slight touch of really dark comedy at the end, too, I think, of the scene when he's putting her body into the car, and then there's lights. He's like, oh, lights! And he just, like, drops everything and kind of yeah. just stands there goofily. And then there's, like, this weird, like, Everyone also, I don't know about the two of you, but it's like, is he going to see the money? Is he going to see the money? Is he gonna? Is he gonna leave the money? So it's also weird that like part of what's going on is the dead body and the the shots over at the newspaper
0: and yeah. So there's a lot going on here, like you said. Like, is he going to get caught? Because there's a light that comes by, and I thought someone was pulling up to the hotel, but they're not. Yeah. Well, what he does, he puts her body in a plastic sheet, which. That's where you're thinking, has he done this before? He seems like he yeah. knows how to clean up a murder. But yeah, he puts her body in like a plastic sheet. He washes up all the blood. He gets all of her belongings and he throws them in the back of her car. Takes the car to the swamp and pushes it in. Yeah, and like you were talking about, there's, there's suspense here because is he going to get caught? Is something going to happen with the money? I mean, the whole plot is that a bank or er, all this money has been stolen. Nope. He doesn't find the money. He puts it in the car unknowingly with her body and pushes it into a swamp. And I love, there's a funny moment here where uh, he just sta- he stands there and waits, watches as the car sinks to the swamp. Uh-huh. And at one point, it looks like it's not going to sink all the way. It just stops. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit. But then it sinks anyways. And he just kind of smiles, like, okay, okay. Yeah. That was um,
1: the other piece of, a little bit of what I thought was like a little bit of dark, dark
0: humor there. Yeah yeah well you needed it because yeah i was thinking i don't in 1960 this whole long scene of someone just cleaning up a murder victim after they've been brutally stabbed to death yeah this was some pretty pretty intense stuff for the time you know so there you go everybody the main character is dead the money is gone no one has it and movie over let's just wait Woo-hoo, good job
1: yeah. everything <laughs> major conflict resolved
0: <laughs> <laughs> the end uh No, instead, we go back to Marion's boyfriend, Sam, from the beginning of the movie. Remember him? Uh, Marion's sister, what what did we say? Uh, Lila? Was it Lila? Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Lila, yeah. So Lila comes to Sam and asks him, you know, have you seen my sister? I think she probably came to you. She's been missing for several days. Uh, Sam has no idea what's going on. Um, And then a private investigator comes in and says he's looking for her as well, because it's believed that she stole the money. Now we kind of switched to like a mystery a little bit. I mean, we know what's we know she's been murdered, but we don't really know what's going on. There's this woman off screen, old woman who is supposedly committing murders, even though we never really get a good look at her. So we don't know what's going on, but there's a private investigator and this guy's good at his job. (laughs) the private investigator. Uh, so he goes around town and starts asking questions. He finally pulls up to the Bates Motel and talks to Norman. Norman, in contrast to Marion, who was a terrible liar, we already talked about, Norman's a very good liar, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah.
1: He plays it really cool, at least as it's... At first. At first, yeah. He does start to crack on both both times uh he, uh, he gets kind of pushed a little bit now and then by sam he 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 does kind of c- crack a little bit when and shake gets, under pressure
2: yeah when he gets caught because uh the private eye asked him if he could identify marion marion in a picture and he says he can not that you know he actually gets caught by him he catches himself he one of the things he tells to the private investigator is that no one has come by because no one's seen it. He goes, A couple the other day almost yeah. missed the hotel. And he's like, Oh, but you said you didn't hadn't had anybody yeah. in weeks. And mm. so he's like, Oh, he kind of like gives himself away.
1: Yeah. And then there's Maria Samuelson. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, there's the- two things here. This is weird. I like this dynamic, um, because For a guy who has just cleaned up a murder scene, Norman is very smooth. You know, he's very casual, not nervous, but the P.I. is very good at his job and slowly kind of finds holes. Like you said, at one point he says, oh, it's been a few weeks since we've had anybody. Then later he mentions someone we had last week. like, "Ah, I thought you didn't have anybody for a few weeks. And also at first he denies seeing her. And then later he's like, oh, let me look closer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Boy, she looked uh, different. It was rainy. And that thing, there's a thing people do when they're lying where they over explain, you know? So the investigator finally just tells Norman, like, look, I think something isn't adding up here. And the investigator thinks that uh, maybe she's still there and she's paying off Norman. And Norman's like, no, look, I'll let you see all the rooms. You can just look for yourself. Um, But when Norman goes to open the rooms, the investigator looks over to the house in the distance. And I I just want to say I love this, you know, this kind of creepy house in the distance that it takes forever for us to see. It's always just a little bit like here. He just sees the outline of Norman's mom in the window. And again, Norman gets caught in a lie. He says, "Nope, no, no one lives there. No one's there. Well, I saw a woman. Oh, that's my mom. She, uh, she, she, she's always there. She can't go anywhere. You know? Yeah. an Invalid. But he wants to talk to Norman's mom. And that's where Norman finally goes. You know what? It's time for you to leave. <laughs> You're not talking to my mother. The private investigator goes to a phone booth. Now, for those of you young kids out there, a phone booth was a phone in a public place where you could put money in and call people. <laughs> um, that's where Superman used to Clark Clint used to become Superman uh so he calls he calls uh salmon lila he says that he actually believes norman like this guy didn't know what's what's going on he's acting suspicious but he didn't he doesn't know anything but his mom i want to talk to his mom because i think she talked to her and maybe she knows something i'll call you back in less than an hour i'm going back to talk to the mom he goes up to the house and justin i'll let you take this one what happens when he goes into the house?
1: Yeah. So he parks and goes in and he's sneaking up the stairs and out comes the mother and quick in this quick fashion again stabs him multiple times, slashes. slashes. <laughs> and then um, we get this really wild. It's
2: the best fall. Yeah.
1: It's pretty, right. it's pretty amazing fall where he falls down the stairs for for several minutes um i think um, like and, just a
0: few seconds it feels like <laughs> it several
1: minutes and, uh,
2: his arms
1: are going everywhere he's like ah, ah, ah! and the angle shows him like kind of tiptoeing backwards and then he gets blood splashed on his face and uh falls on the ground and then the grandmother speedily runs down the stairs jumps on
0: top of him and slashes him some more yeah. and uh that's it for him I was kind of sad when he does because I, I like this character. He's, he's smart, but yeah, there's a lot that happens here. First off, when she comes out of the room, it's very startling. Um, it happens quickly. Like she's out of that room and stabbing him super quick. And again, we're never getting a good look at her. So she's kind of a mysterious figure. And you yeah, have the scene with him going down the stairs. I don't know. That's a weird scene. Um, I'm not really sure how they did that. I guess, you know, I could watch a read up on it, but just watching it, I don't know how they're doing it. Um, there's some kind of trick going on there because he's he's falling down the stairs, but it's all very unnatural, you know? <laughs> several several minutes, yes. Go watch the scene again. It actually lasts for five minutes of just yeah. him falling down the stairs. Yeah. Um, I just watched uh,
1: Norman Bates clean up a,
0: a hotel room for ten minutes. It's pretty, yeah. but still enjoyable. <laughs> so, now Miss Bates is... Killed Marion and killed the investigator. So things are starting to spiral out of control here. They get impatient. Sam and Lila get impatient for because they haven't heard from the investigator. They're like, this guy would have told us what's up. It's been a long time. So Sam goes to the hotel to look for him. He can't find anybody, so he just leaves. Uh, he can't find Norman or the investigators. So they go talk to the sheriff. First off, they wake the sheriff up in the middle of the night, so he's, like, getting dressed in his pajamas. Uh, <laughs> But after convincing him to call Norman, you know this is a small town sheriff. He knows Norman Bates. We learn the second big twist of the movie.
2: Uh, Mia,
0: what does the sheriff tell us about Norman Bates' mother?
2: She's been dead for ten years. Ten years. exactly. 10
0: years. Yeah. And do you remember how she died? Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly,
1: um, she poisoned herself and her lover
0: yeah so we know that her husband died when uh norman was very young so she's finally found herself a man but supposedly she poisoned Please, herself we... and him
1: <laughs> <No>. yeah
0: <laughs> and i like that the sheriff's mother like whispers like we found they were found and bad <laughs> okay yeah Scandal. i don't know why you're whispering there's no one else around mm-hmm. um great twist here so the mother that we've been seeing people we've been seeing her commit murders she is dead or at least she's believed to be dead at this point well what what he says next is a great creepy line so sam says she's not dead i saw her in the window at the hotel and so did the private investigator and the sheriff says well if that woman up there is miss bates who is that woman buried out in green lawn cemetery So at this point in the movie, we don't know someone was buried that they thought was Norman's mom. Either she's not really dead and someone else was buried or she is dead and we have no idea who this person is. So it's a a a great little uh, ghost. Yeah, it could be a ghost. I mean, at this point,
1: but she could be a ghost.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knows? So after hanging up the phone with the police officer, we hear Norman arguing with his mother again. Uh, again we're not seeing them we're just hearing them arguing he wants to take her down to the fruit cellar to hide her for a few days and she's refusing so norman finally develops a spine to stand up to his mother (laughs) and he picks her up and carries her he's like i'm taking you down to the fruit cellar Uh, so the next morning the officer tells sam and lila that he went to the motel uh And Norman was alone. There's no mother there. Like we said, she's been dead for years. So they decide to take things into their own hands.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's always a good idea.
0: Yeah. Well, I just like the fact that Marion's dead. The private investigator came. He's dead. Now we've got more people coming in. And Norman even says, like, the girl died. Someone came after her. He's dead. Someone's going to come after him. You know, We just need to hide you, Mom. So anyways, they come in and they have this plan. That Sam is going to distract Norman while Lila goes to find and question Miss Bates. So he goes into the office to just talk with Norman while Lila goes up to the house. Now, the first place she goes is you guys remember the first room? Uh, Miss Bates' room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the room, it looks like she's still there. I mean, we don't see her, but um, it's filled with all of her stuff, like nothing's changed. Um, And the bed, bed, (laughs) it's actually kind of cartoonish. Um, It has a human body indentation in it, which beds beds do that in TV shows. They don't really do that in real life. A a perfectly human shaped indentation. She doesn't see Miss Bates. She goes to another room, which is a children's room. I guess we can assume this is Norman's childhood room. that has also not been changed. But at this point, Sam... Sam kind of messes up here. You're supposed to be distracting Norman, not accusing him. But he just kind of flat out tells Norman, like, hey, I think you're involved in this. They don't think he's killed. They don't they don't know that there's been a murder or they don't know. They just think that Norman is in on it, that they're, maybe he killed her and took the money or he's hiding her or something. But when Norman realizes what is happening, he's like, wait a second, where's where's (laughs) Lila? And so they get into a fight and he knocks Sam out and rushes to the house. So Lila sees him coming and hides and Norman goes in, I guess, what does he, he goes off to look for her. I think he goes upstairs first.
1: She's already come downstairs.
0: Yeah. She's already downstairs. So So, as he goes off to look for her, Lila goes down into the cellar and sees Miss Bates in a chair facing away from her. Now let's go off topic for a moment. You guys remember what was our last podcast? Leprechaun. Mm -hmm. The scene where they find the old man, but he's, he's in a chair facing away from them and i said if there's a scene where you see somebody sitting in a chair and you just see the back of their head there's something wrong right you know already so all right who gets to take this scene one of the best moments of the movie
1: why don't you do this one i think we've each gotten one so all right
0: she goes up to miss bates and taps her on the shoulder the chair swivels around uh kind of you know, tapping someone on the shoulder. I don't know if causes them the swivel around, but it works really well for the scene, revealing a horribly decayed corpse. Yeah. And it's creepy looking. It's still creepy looking. Still has hair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and by the way, remember Norman's hobby? He's a taxidermist. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of, I didn't think about it the first time, but at the end of the movie, it kind of, they tell us like, oh yeah. He knew how to preserve a body. <laughs> yeah, so this is terribly creepy. So the mom is definitely dead. Uh, and then Norman runs That's in. Huh? Not in her coffin in that cemetery. Sheriff was right. That's right. Yeah. So Norman runs in. So he's wearing a knife and he is dressed as his mother. So uh, he's got on a wig, carrying the knife,
1: dressed up as his mother in her dress, in a wig. With the knife. yeah. And so it's to?
0: Slash. Slash, slash, <laughs> slash or stab. You yeah, know, whatever. Take your preference. Um, so, yeah. So now we, we, we can figure it all out that, well, maybe not everything, but we know the mother is dead and Norman is thinks he's her or is pretending to be her. It's all explained at the end. But fortunately, Sam comes in at that moment and wrestles the knife away from him. Apparently... This had to really just blow people's minds in 1960. I'm sure you know there's a lot going on here that you didn't see in movies normally, but apparently this ending was so mind blowing, I guess, that they needed a scene where they have a they have a psychiatrist come out and literally explain to you what happened. So the
1: <laughs> kind of like tacked on, but yeah. I imagine
0: that uh, maybe it was needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in a modern movie you just would have ended it right there. You know, Sam tackles Norman after the big reveal. But no, we we go to the police station, there's a psychiatrist there, and he tells the police what has happened. Mia, do you want to try and explain what has been going on? I've got it all written down here if you forget the details, but what has been going on in this movie with Norman Bates?
2: Sure. So in the movie, the psychiatrist is kind of going over that he was interviewing Norman, but Norman was not giving him anything, but what who did give him all the evidence and kind of tell them what happened was the mother. And he explains to the policeman and everybody in the room that Norman has two personalities and the mother is the dominant personality and she takes a hold. And so it gives like this really crazy explanation about um, what's the main character's name again?
1: Marion. Marion
2: there we go, Marion, that Marion had somehow, like, flirted a little bit with Norman, and then that caused the personality of the mother to be upset, and that's why she committed all the crimes and killing and stuff, and, and so, but he's just going over the explanation that two personalities live in, um, Norman's brain, and when he, the mother's personality comes out, he dresses completely like her like you know in full outfit
0: yeah very good Multiple, good.
2: multiple murders well it
0: says yeah it says that so norman was basically a boy who was dominated by his mother and they had a very close relationship and it was always just them because there was no father now when the mother found a lover um norman became so jealous that he he poisoned them she didn't poison them He killed both of them. The shock of murdering them, I mean, this all finally drove him completely over the edge. So he literally digs up her body, preserves it, and in his mind, she's still alive. And to keep that illusion, he develops a split personality as her also. So he'll like walk around the house thinking he's her and he'll have conversations with her. And yeah, then like you said, when a pretty lady comes around, um, because he was so jealous of his mother, his version of her is also extremely jealous of him. So when he meets a pretty old lady, the mother part takes over and kills the woman. And then Norman comes in as a good son and has to clean up after the mother. But by the end of the movie, he's completely snapped, and he is basically stuck in the personality of his mother.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And That's we're kind of at the ending now where the camera zooms in on him and we have the monologue where he is in mother mode talking about, uh, you know, it's all so crazy. Like he. So the reason that mother has confessed is because she's not going to take the fall for the son. And the look on his face at the very end is perfectly crazy. I love it. Mm -hmm. that Kind Mm -hmm. of smile. And there's a brief second here. Did you guys catch the uh, subliminal moment? Mm -mm. oh yeah if you watch closely there's a brief moment where when it's close up on Norman's face there's a skull super yeah (laughs) Yeah. so there you go and then the movie ends with uh, after that the uh, the car being pulled out of the swamp the end (laughs) anything we didn't get to say or
2: I thought it was a really great movie. I think it highlights one of my own personal kind of like fears in movies, which I think it's the is it the garage that does it too where that person where she's in the shower because you're you're most vulnerable in the shower. Your eyes are closed, you're naked, you have your defenses are down, you're like in relaxation mode and then it just like plays up that fear of someone behind you. Like the Grudge said that to me too. I think when she comes, like she's yeah. taking a shower,
1: and then it's like it's going through
2: her hair. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's good. Um, good movie. The yeah, it's a nice picture of mental deterioration <laughs> and abuse, and you know, I think even some of it is uh, alluding to maybe a, a little bit of a sexual relationship between other. It's kind of, I mean, it's not anyway any way overtly insinuated, but seems possible as well. And so it, the whole thing just kind of highlights a really dark, twisted world, um, which I think is what it was going for.
0: Yeah, the whole thing, like I said earlier, is Freudian, the whole Oedipus complex and the weird relationship between the mother and the son. Yeah, it was, it's very forward thinking for the time. Some people have wanted to, yeah, a lot of people have looked to the sexual stuff. I've looked into all that, and uh, but anyways, so there's a lot going on there. But, yeah, great movie. I wouldn't call it the greatest horror movie of all time, but it is a very good movie. Um, so, yeah, we're here at the end. A couple last things to say after this movie. Uh, 20 years later, they started making sequels to this movie. Uh, not Hitchcock, but uh, there were four sequels made. Uh, three, Three of them had Anthony Perkins come back. Apparently... They're pretty good huh. uh, or at least a couple of them are pretty good anthony perkins you know he kind of got typecast after this he was so closely associated with that role um but he did come back for the sequel so if you want more psycho in the 80s there's more um, mm-hmm. i have not seen any of these sequels unfortunately like i said i've heard s- at least a couple of them are pretty good Uh, I did unfortunately see the 1998 remake. Did you guys know there was a remake of this movie? No. uh, No. Vince Vaughn. (laughs) Vince Vaughn plays Norman Bates. Um, It's a pointless remake. They they made it almost shot for shot, like they literally remade the movie. So it feels kind of pointless. Yeah. A few years ago, there were five seasons of a TV show called Bates Motel. Uh, I didn't didn't see that one. Um, there's also been a couple documentaries. One of which is called 7852, and which is, as I said earlier, reference to the shower scene of 78 shots and 52 seconds. Yeah. And the whole documentary is just about the shower scene. So you can check that out if you want. Other than that, that's Psycho. Um, and it's time Ooh. to. Any last words on Psycho? Did we say it all? I think we yeah, said no it more. all. Yeah. Said it all. No more to be said.
2: No more. I'll no go.
0: more. Well, we, we could go on, but that's that's enough for now. Uh, so next episode, this is cool. Episode twenty one, we actually have a a fan request. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we are going to be doing Sleepaway Camp nineteen eighty three. Definitely a slasher movie. Um, a movie I kind of have a soft spot for not as highly regarded as psycho but uh (laughs) i like it so everybody go see uh go watch sleepaway camp 1983 um try to avoid the the twist there's a twist ending in that one too that's very famous try to avoid it if you can if you don't know what it is already we can
1: avoid it yeah
0: we'll avoid it yeah don't don't google it or anything because you'll you'll it'll be revealed right away you guys don't know Yes or no? No. I know uh, we don't know. We know
2: yeah,
0: right now he's like, "Don't look, don't, don't Google it, don't Google it." She'll Google it. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a very one of the reasons that movie is remembered so well is because it has a crazy twist at the end. Um, so try to avoid that if you can. But go watch Sleepaway Camp. Join us back in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, we'll be back on a regular schedule now. Trying to get one a couple of these out a month. Yeah. And with that. I will say goodbye, everybody. Good to be back. Yeah.